Welcome to the Dover Download Podcast, your weekly look at what's going on in Dover, what's going in in Dover, and all things Dover-related. My name is Chris Parker, and I'm the Deputy City Manager here in Dover, and I'm going to walk you through all of that, plus more. On the Dover Download podcast, we like to explore activities and services that the city provides. We've met from time to time with staff, and we've met from time to time with board chairs and their liaisons. Today, we're going to focus on the volunteers, and one stalwart volunteer that we've had is Otis Perry. Otis has been on, I say, more boards and commissions than anyone else, but that might not be true, and we'll explore that today. Otis, welcome. Thank you. How long have you been a Dover resident? I moved to Dover in uh, the winter of 1966, and I lived down on Dover Point and then moved away. I rented a house on Dover Point next to Newark's restaurant for $108 a month. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't think of that. It's crazy. Um, A friend of mine just bought it. It's going to tear it down and put 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 a McMansion down there. And then I moved away for a short time, and then I moved back in 1971 and have been here ever since. So, 1971. So, you're about 29. Uh, 1971. No, I'm not now. Oh, bad joke. Yes. No, I don't, I don't subscribe to that joke. I, 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 uh, I subscribe to bragging about how old I am. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. It's what, 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 it's what I've got. Yeah. 1971. Yep. When was the first time beyond that that you began volunteering? The first board I was on uh, specifically was the planning board. And I I went on the planning board uh, because I had been, before that, I had been a professional land use planner for the Southeast New Hampshire Regional Planning Commission. By then, I had left them and uh, was working for the Dole Housing Authority. And Frank Tor uh, was the chairman of the Delaware Housing Authority and was also on the city council. And I asked Frank if it would be possible to be on the planning board. I've been to dozens, if not, if, if not more than dozens, of planning board meetings as a staff person. And I, did, I thought I had something to offer. So, I, And I went on the planning board for, I think, two terms. And while I was on the planning board, I decided that... Uh, there was an opportunity to uh, run for city council in Ward 6 at the time, and uh, I ran unopposed. It's a good way to win. Uh, it was a good way to win. I, I, I still chuckle because I sat outside of the Horn Street School, which is now the, the uh, Fran Hopkins School, and in a rainstorm with a sign so that people would know who, who was on the what I looked like. Uh, <laughs> And I served two terms, and at that time, Dover had a, a city ordinance that had a term limit for city council. Really? And uh, I had to get after two terms, and while the, 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 while I was in the off in that period, the state attorney's annual's office told us that, that it was illegal. It was unconstitutional to have. The city couldn't do that. The okay. state would have to do that, and the state didn't. So anyway, uh, and then I, I served two more terms. Uh, from Ward 6, and then uh, I went off again because I moved, changed wards, and then I served one term at large. So I was five terms on the, on the city council in the, in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, into 2000. You're on the zoning board now. I'm on the zoning board of adjustment now, again, with the planning 
yeah. experience and, and, and whatnot. I feel I have something to offer, some experience. And of course, now most of the experience is in Dover and not, not really related to my, uh, my training or, or uh, regional planning experience. And if memory serves that uh, when I was the staff to the zoning board, you and Sam Reed were the two that coined me as Dr. No, because I was always against every variance <laughs> from a staff standpoint. So I appreciate that. Um, you're on the zoning board. You're on the Energy Commission. Not the long. But not the long. Sorry, okay. Yeah, one of the things you said you, you wanted earlier, you wanted to talk about is boards that I felt. And I got on the Energy Board. And it's, an, it's something I'm very interested in. I had solar panels on the house I owned right. uh, early on. But I didn't feel I was contributing very much. Uh-huh. Uh, the, there are a couple of very strong per individuals on that board who had a lot more invested in in the, in the board and in energy than I did. So, yeah, that is a board where you talk about people with uh, that bring their professional yes. knowledge to a public board, and that is one where it was a lot. Yep, exactly. And it's uh, it's a really good board. And sometimes I regret that I'm not on it, but uh, not often. You're on the Waterfront Committee. I'm on the, uh, I am on the Waterfront Committee. I asked to be on that after it had been established for a while because that kind of development fascinates me. My family was in the development business for years. My, okay. My father and grandfather developed subdivisions all over New England and in Florida, uh, Falmouth, uh, Maine, Man- uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, Goffstown, New Hampshire, Providence, Rhode Island. And they, w- they would uh, buy some land. My grand. Great story, probably a little bit off the topic, but my grandfather's technique was that in those days, in the early uh, 1900s, most urban areas had a trolley system that went out into the country. Dover had one. It's now the liquor store is where the the maintenance barn was. Um, He'd ride the trolley until it had gone as far as it would go, and then he'd walk as far as he thought somebody who was coming home from work would be willing to walk and then bought the first farm that was available and then subdivided it. That's a fascinating Isn't and great idea. Yeah, it is. And, and it, it st- stood him well for a long time. I know. Uh, and, uh, and then my father basically worked for his father. And so we, I had that, that kind of background. And my mother was a town meeting member for Brookline, Massachusetts, which is town meeting member is the legislative body for the for the town okay and so she was an elected official plus she was a uh, a, ma- a major player in the young republican cup uh in boston at that time so i've, I've got this you know you hear about this kind of stuff all all my life and, and uh, so i do what i can so another committee besides the energy commission that you were on that i know you're no longer on it's the pardon commission not quite sure why I got off the parking commission, but I think uh, that, too many white old men. You didn't want to be part of. Yeah, right. No, it's, I don't know if that's true or not. I think I, I, I think I, the parking commission at the time was working on the parking garage, and that the, there were big, you know, major issues. Uh, it's now a maintenance committee, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I thought I, could, I had done what I could do uh, to set things up, and uh, so I. I uh, I, I resigned. I, I do have to have some awareness of my time. Yeah. Uh, and at one point, I was at the one point, the third week of the month, I was five night meetings. No the, matter how old you are, that's taxing. That's nuts. <laughs> it's now down to three. 
Oh, great. And, uh, when I went on the, the Utilities Commission, which was quite a while ago, Dan Ayer was the chairman. I don't know if you know Dan. Yeah. And he said, well, we meet once a month, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the Cemetery Board? Yeah. That's one you're on or you were on? No, I was on. I was chairman of the Cemetery Board for a while. I, I also uh, got off of that. The main reason I went on the Cemetery Board was the, where I lived, the lot abutted the cemetery, so... I wanted to to have some input in, into what into sure. what was going on, and I think I'm, we we did some good things while I was on. I noticed recently when I was chairman, we did the first columbarium, mm-hmm. and I noticed uh, uh, the last time I was up there that because my in laws are buried in that. Uh, last time I was up there, that two more have been installed, and uh, in where we plan to install them when we when we set the first one. So I was pleased to see that. And a columbarium is a form of a mausoleum, correct? It's a locker for cremated remains is what I think of it. No, I, think what, I like that. Way I can think of it. Do it. Yeah, waterproof locker. And these are granite with slate. They're nice. I mean, we went to uh, New Hampshire Veterans Cemetery. That's what I was just thinking. So, yeah, because they have a, a lot of them up there. And we went, went to see what they were like and how they were used. My father-in-law is in one in the, the veteran ceremony. It's a beautiful. It is. Uh, the yeah. way they've laid it out, it's very respectful, very dignified. Yeah. Much like what we've done here at Pine Hill, it's, it's a respectful yeah. way to be. In- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Besides the health reasons for doing something with the, with the, uh, with the bodies, um, I think it's really important for family history reasons to have a place where people can go and, re- and see their relatives and see, you know, that kind of thing. That's been part of my life as a kid, as a kid that, that always. Any school board or school-related uh, volunteerism? I was was on the, uh, what did they call it, the Joint Committee. You've got to be on a Joint Building Committee. Or yeah, two. Jo- Joint Building Committee. I thought at one point of running for the school board, but by the time I thought thought it was possible, I had decided that I no longer wanted to campaign for anything. Okay. I liked campaigning even when I was unopposed. I ran four five times for city council, was unopposed three times. I, I challenged an, an incumbent councilor one time and, and beat him, and I ran at large one time. So those two times I had to do some actual campaigning. It, the older I got, the less interested I got in walking door to door, which is the best way to campaign if you're doing a, something in a small mm-hmm. thing like a ward office or something. Do I, I remember correctly that at least once on the council, you were the mayor pro tem, which is what we right. call the deputy mayor. Right. What we call Yes. Yeah. On, on Will Buck's uh, first term, I was the, the, the deputy mayor. No, the, the mayor pro tem. No desire to be the mayor? No. I'm not sure. I guess I wasn't sure about my uh, ability to, to, uh, to, to, be, um, to take that leadership role. Uh, and I, I've been chairman of a bunch of committees. Right. One of which one of the members threatened to kill me. <laughs> solid waste? No, it wasn't solid waste. It was McConnell Center. Oh, that's right. Another committee, the McConnell Center committee. Yeah, yeah, I was on the. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. This is an interesting building, and it was part of part of the fun. I didn't go to school here. I did, I, I grew up in Exeter and went to private school, but but my daughter went to school here. Okay. And so it was kind of neat that uh, she went to junior high here. As did I. Have you ever volunteered at the state level? Yeah, I I, I was asked. I I, was, I sat on two 
committees at the state level. One, one was a committee to investigate for the Senate while uh, Senator Shaheen was Senator Shaheen in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. not in Washington. And uh, uh, somebody from the New Hampshire Housing Finance Authority and from the uh, AG's office and myself and Senator Shaheen and uh, an expert on uh, from the uh, DES sat down to try to figure out a way to manage New Hampshire's response to the lead-based paint issue and how we would figure out what to do about it. Mm-hmm. The reason I was on it was because I had managed for the Dover Housing Authority a massive lead-based paint, one of the, the first 10 in the country, uh, complete eradications of a, a lead-based paint from, from uh, family public housing. That's great. Yeah, well, so we, we got a $2.5 million grant to do it. So That's a phenomenal project. And if yeah. that was $2.5 million when Senator Sheen was New Hampshire, yeah. Senator yeah. McCain, yeah. I mean, that even better uh, yeah. amount of money. So, And then, it, and then after that, uh, when, when she was governor, uh, she uh, appointed me to the Ratepayers rate Advisory Commission. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a... A, a, a volunteer board that uh, advises the consumer advocate who is a, a lawyer employed by the PUC to look out for the for the ratepayers and the ratepayers advisory board is um, gives him advice supervises him hires her her or him when I was there it was a woman the current uh, person is Don Creese. he's been there quite a while he's quite good and uh, they they have standing to uh, the the uh, consumer advocate has standing to uh, testify before the PUC on anything that comes up before the PUC. And the PUC is the Public Utilities Commission. Yeah, that that that, that manages the uh, u- the energy uh, users right. in the state, the utilities in the state. Yes. So why why volunteer so much? I mean that that's quite the commitment over the past forty years. Well, as I said at the beginning, I've th- I thought about that after, because I thought I better I'd get this question, uh, and and I, I, part of it is that it's part of my family tradition. My mother, uh, as I say, was was a, a, a admitted citizen in Brookline, Mass, when she was in her twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, after she married my father, my father being in the real estate business and interacting with boards and whatnot in a lot of communities asked her not to, to, to calm down a little bit, mm-hmm. which she did. But when he died, she went back and she was in, in, in a bunch of stuff in, in Exeter and in Rye and whatnot in the, the Republican Party here in, in New Hampshire. So that, that was part of it. And then the other part of it, I think, uh, was when I chose to be to take, get a, re, a degree in resource economics and then turn that into a planning opportunity, I, uh, uh, I sort of became interested and knowledgeable, interested and then knowledgeable enough to feel that I'd have some impact. And, uh, so, and then after, after you do it for a while, which I did, you begin, to be, you begin to feel the city belongs to you and you belong to the city. And so I'm on a few now, but when I was on the city council, every time I drove across the General Sullivan Bridge, I felt a little rush coming coming into this into the city that I had, you know, that I had some uh, some impact. I would say you've had a lot of impact on this community, and, and well, uh, one of those impacts is that 
your wife is on a bunch of boards too. So it's not just you. You've influenced yeah. other people. Your yeah. wife, I know Dennis Ciotti yeah. said that he got involved because he yeah. met with you and yeah, encouraged to get involved. And other people have said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I looked at two things actually as as not major accomplishments, but ones that I really you know. And one that I think has been is a, is a huge one, and that's this, the bag and tag program. I was the I wasn't the only promoter of it, but it was my ordinance, my sponsorship of the ordinance that uh, got it before the the council. I remember one of the people who came to the council meeting to complain about it at the public hearing, saying, "Well, what am I going to do? I put out fourteen bags of grass clippings every two weeks <laughs> in the city," and I and I didn't say it publicly, but I I knew that's why we're doing this, right. Yeah. Right. We don't want to pay for your glass clippings. It's a better way to have their yeah. grass clippings disposed of. Yeah, exactly. And then the the other thing is is Green Street. When when the, the Green Street was closed off, yep. Bill Collins was the uh, planning director. Planning director at the time. It, somebody came, a, a traffic. We the city hired a traffic engineer. The traffic engineer came up with putting a stoplight, a, a, a traffic light at the end of Green Street. So to go into the, the the police station garage wasn't there at the right. time. It was just just a big parking lot left over from when the tannery was torn down. But we both said, that's nuts. Yeah. So uh, we got this council. We got the council. I wasn't on the council at the time. We got the council to put Jersey barriers across the end of the street to test out how how it would work, and, and the result is that it, would, it made a lot of sense, it worked really well, and the post office got some, got some more parking. <laughs> right. So we've talked about boards you're currently on. We've talked yeah. about boards you've been on and felt your time was better spent elsewhere. Are there any that you look back and say, I could have been involved with that group, or going forward, I want to be involved with that group. Yeah. Well, one of the, I'm sorry I, 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 I didn't push to be on the 400. History is, is one of the things that I'm interested in. I lived in, I've lived, I lived in one of the most historic houses in Dover. Uh, so I'm sorry I didn't participate in that. But I was busy with some other stuff, and when it came up, and it just sort of went over my head. Okay. Uh, you know I've made an application yeah. <laughs> to be on the, the housing board. I think I have a lot to offer there, given my... Uh, experience and background in, in housing and, and in planning. And uh, I, th I think ha having a lot of experience with how government works and being able to bring that to, it helps a lot. So one of the things that I think has, you and I have always gotten along since I've been involved. And I think one of those reasons is because I find you are very clear on your opinion. And someone, regardless what board you're serving, that's your forefront. That's your thought. Mm -hmm. You're very clear that you are there because of the community and wanting to improve the community. But you're also very clear of, here's what I'm thinking. Here's why I'm thinking it. You're open to people talking to you, but you're not wishy-washy. You're not one of those board members that sort of hides or sort of says, I could go either way. You, you... Well, I thank you. I, you I tried out to understand. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's one of the reasons why... When you do apply for boards, the appointments committee thinks, yeah, this is the type of person we want on that board. Well, we have a good background. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that maybe they might say, we've got too much of him. <laughs> wow. Too much of a good thing always does occur. <laughs> um, but I, I, for me, I want to say thank you because I, I think that not only 
were you principal or are you principal to that? But you are also one of the other board members that I think consistently is respectful of staff and of the applicants, that you recognize that you need to have a demeanor and a thought pattern that says, if I was at the podium, how would I want to be treated? And, and I think that always comes across uh, regardless of you're running the meeting or just asking questions as a engaged board member. I have been at the podium (laughs) in in other communities. So I uh, I really appreciate you coming down today and talking to us about your experience. And I think being an inspiration to to people in the past and future to join boards and commissions and support the community they've invested in. Well, it's been, you know, a chore and a lot of fun and very rewarding, uh, all of the boards and and whatnot, And, and especially the people. You know, it's uh, there are some times when I get a little bit frustrated thinking that for some of the people on the boards, it's more a social occasion. <laughs> but uh, it 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 really is. It's, it's, it's the all of the effort that, that pe- some people put into it, volunteering is really quite impressive. Always has been. I'm glad to be part of it. So we always wrap up by asking a guest to name two or three things that make. Dover, Dover, what makes you stand out or what makes in your mind the community stand out places, events, people, ideas, if there are three things that come to your mind when you think, oh, that's Dover? Well, I think one of the main things is is the the architecture of the downtown. I think those mills are, uh, I don't know if you, if you remember the plan for downtown that included, you know, uh, the, the Dover mills as a, as a centerpiece and whatnot, and I think that's happened. And it, one of the things that, that in the history of Dover that's really neat is that the city it, at one point bought those mills and preserved them so that what could ha- what has happened could happen. And right. that, you know, that was, that's pretty neat, actually, I think. And I liked it the, uh, I, I liked the countryside in, outside of Dover. Of course, I lived on a farm in Dover for 20 years and, <laughs> and uh, 20 active farming years, so that was kind of neat. That's great. Yeah. So, so the architecture downtown, yeah. the uh, the variety of landscape, including the, yeah. the and, and then of course the people. I mean, the, the great. You know, I've lived here a long time. I have a lot of friends here, and it's it's nice to be able to go downtown and walk through, walk along, and and, and see somebody you know. Yeah. Uh, you can't do that in Boston. Very true. Very true. Well, I appreciate you coming in, and I I thank you for your service and your continued service. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. With almost 400 years of history, Dover's got a lot to tell. Up next, Mike Gillis is going to walk us through what happened this week. For as long as there have been fireworks to celebrate the nation's independence, there have been heated opinions about where to launch the fireworks. This year, to help celebrate Dover's 400th anniversary, fireworks were launched simultaneously from two of the most popular locations, McGlaris Park and Garrison Hill. That settled the debate this year but expect that debate to resurface again next year. Fireworks haven't always alternated between Garrison Hill and McGlaris Park. Prior to 1998, the city's annual fireworks display was held at the high school, launched from Dunaway Field. But many felt the high school wasn't a central enough location, and it made access difficult for some. So, in 1998, in recognition of the city's 375th anniversary, the city resumed launching fireworks from a location used for decades before, Garrison Hill. For many years throughout the 20th century, fireworks were launched from Garrison Hill. 
1926, for example, it was reported that thousands of people flocked to Dover to view the fireworks launched from the city farm at Garrison Hill, with hundreds of people making the way to the hill itself. A section of Portland Avenue, near what was then the city dump, seemed to have the best vantage point, and cars were packed in on the side of the road to watch the aerial display. Other locations have been used, too, including Toll Field, which is now Woodman Park School, and even Guppy Park. Many may have felt that the return to Garrison Hill in 1998 would please everyone. But that wasn't the case. The debate over the launch location ramped up just days after that year's fireworks display, and this week, in 1998, Foster's Daily Democrat jumped into the thick of it to try and answer the question once and for all. The newspaper fired up a telephone survey line to ask the region whether Garrison Hill was the right location. The result? About 72% of callers wanted the city to continue launching its annual 4th of July fireworks from Garrison Hill. In all, 118 people called in. Each of the callers was asked to suggest where they would like to see the show launch from the next year. Garrison Hill received 85 votes. Dover High School, the previous location for years, got 31, while two people offered no opinion on the matter. In 2000, after some asked for a return to the high school, the Recreation Department would conduct an additional survey, and based on those results, in 2001, began alternating locations between Garrison Hill and Dover High School. But that would change again in 2008. After the budget for the annual fireworks display was cut by the City Council, it was the Greater Dover Chamber of Commerce to the rescue, offering to fund and oversee the fireworks for the next five years. The Chamber, though, wanted the fireworks closer to downtown, and that year's fireworks were launched from McGlaris Park. McGlaris Park would continue to serve as the launch site for the fireworks even after the city resumed management of the fireworks from the Chamber in 2014. That's also when the city began to add other activities at Henry Law Park, including the 39th Army Band, according to Recreation Director Gary Bannon. It would all come to an end in 2020, during the pandemic, when Dover's fireworks were canceled. The pandemic's reach would continue into 2021. The fireworks returned that year, but to Garrison Hill, which was intended to prevent attracting a large crowd to Henry Law Park. In 2022, the fireworks returned once again to McGlaris Park. And this year, of course, we enjoyed dueling fireworks from both McGlaris Park and Garrison Hill. So... What about the 2024 fireworks? According to Gary Bannon, it's up in the air. With a waterfront development underway, a project that abuts the park, it may be time to, once again, find a new location. Thanks for listening to the Dover Download this week. If you like what you heard, subscribe through your favorite podcast aggregator. And if you have something you want to hear a topic on, let us know. Finally, this is just one of the many ways we share information about the city of Dover. You can subscribe to the Dover Downloads email newsletter every week or other newsletters that we have by going to the City of Dover homepage, www.dover.nh.gov. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.